You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And I'm Derek Diamond. And uh, what we're going to do with this podcast is um, it's something we've been wanting to do for a while. Um, we're going to talk about mainly Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'll be handling the Nintendo side of it, and Derek's going to be doing the Super Nintendo side of it. And it is going to be a... Uh, seasonal podcast well uh well i'll let derek explain yeah basically what we're gonna do is um since we both have multiple podcasts that we do we're gonna make this a seasonal show meaning that during the summer we're only gonna be doing six episodes and then when fall comes around we'll do six more winter six months so on and so forth so that way you know we're not stretching ourselves too thin uh, with other content we're doing but I'm still really excited to do this. I know we've both recently been getting into retro games again and we don't really have too many people to talk about it with so we were like why don't we add a podcast to the network dedicated to retro gaming. So yeah, this show has been in the making for about 2-3 months now and um really you know, it's something I've been wanting to do for a really long time. Like we said, just doing a retro podcast about Nintendo because it's my favorite system of all time. And I just want to talk about it. So here we are. Absolutely. And I feel the same way about the Super Nintendo. What's funny is I actually never owned an NES, if you can believe that. Like I, I would go over to my aunt's house after school and I would play the NES and that's how I was introduced to Mario, Zelda, mm -hmm. Duck Hunt, all those classic NES games. But the first console I ever owned was the Super Nintendo. So I've always had that sentimental attachment to it. And I remember having just so many games for it and I would play all of them. <laughs> and it, it is, I, I played a lot of Super Nintendo when I was a kid, so... Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited for this podcast. Yeah, I was at the prime age when the the uh, the original Nintendo, the NES, was released in what eighty five. I didn't actually yes. get one until eighty eight, but I did have a lot of friends that had it. So I, you know, cut my teeth playing in Mario and Zelda and stuff at my friend's house, Kung Fu games like that, Double Dragon. And once I finally got mine on my birthday, May twenty eighth, nineteen eighty eight. I played the hell out of that thing until <laughs> what was it? 91 when the, uh, the super Nintendo was released. I believe so. 91, 92, somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. And, um, once that happened, I, I packed up the NES and really didn't touch it again until 94 when, uh, Zoda's revenge star tropics two came out. And because star tropics was my favorite game on the Nintendo system, probably still up there and, as one of my favorite games of all time. So when the, the second one came out, I dug the Nintendo out of storage and uh, was a little bit disappointed with Star Tropics 2. So basically my Nintendo has been in limbo for 21 years now and just dug it out of retirement a few months ago and started rebuilding my collection. And basically this podcast is going to be about collecting. Uh, you're going to follow us on our art on our adventures as we rebuild our collections and we'll basically uh, you'll be following us along as we kind of navigate the, uh, the collecting world. And, you know, we're going to get 
come across some good deals and what we think are good deals. And hopefully we'll be able to navigate people who listen to this show that want to be collectors as well on uh, what they should be looking out for and, you know, not get ripped off whenever they go to uh, like garage sales and stuff like that. For sure. And even with like retro stores, retro gaming stores slash comic book stores, because there's a couple here in Pensacola and some, you know, I'm not going to name names, but some are a little pricier than others, but you can find good deals. You just have to really know where to look. Oh, yeah. And it, it's it's uh, it's one of those things like kind of you with the, the NES. Um, Super Nintendo's always been my favorite system, and I actually uh, sold mine uh, years and years ago. And uh, about a year or two ago, uh, one of our uh, listeners uh, from the Nerd Cave podcast, uh, Nick Caputo, shout out to Nick if you're listening, he just randomly mailed me a Super Nintendo that he bought like at a garage sale. Wow. <laughs> I wish somebody would send me some stuff over the mail. And I was <laughs> like, holy crap, that's like, it, it really like, it made me feel good because, you know, he didn't have to do that. Yeah. He just, he just heard me talking about Super Nintendo on one of the podcasts and he sent it. And since then, you know, I've been slowly but surely building up uh, my collection with, you know, my crazy summer work schedule. I don't have a ton of time to play retro games or collect them, but I, I've slowly but surely started to build it up. Yeah, it's really cool because once I I put out on Facebook a few months ago that I was trying to rebuild my collection, uh, a couple of friends of mine, you know, kind of came out of the woodwork and was just like, hey, I got some extra copies of this and this. And then on my birthday, I had a friend of mine, uh, Dorian, who might be listening to this, uh, I'm not sure, but uh, he gave me a box of Nintendo games for my birthday that he had had in storage for uh, two decades. And um, there was some pretty good games in there, and I think I'm going to review some of those over the coming weeks. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've been finding uh, some pretty good deals uh, here in town. I, my collection so far is pretty small. I think it's only up to like six or seven games, but they're all games that you know, I love, and there are some that I'm dying to get, but some are, uh, very expensive earthbound being one of them. The cheapest mm -hmm. copy I've seen is like $170. Yeah. That's and gonna, that, that's, one and that's of without the, the box. <laughs> that's definitely one of the most sought after super Nintendo games that there is. And it's one of the best. And that that's a game that I'll review, you know, in detail here in the coming weeks, but if I made a top five SNES video game list, that would definitely be on it. And we're definitely, I'm, I'm definitely going to talk about, especially talking about games that you want to have in your collection just because um, you may not want to play them, but they're definitely need to be part of anybody's retro collection. And then there are the games that are must haves. And then there's going to be, you know, the hidden gems and things that you should look for. Um, when you go to garage sales or flea markets or something like that. And, you know, there's a lot of games out there that didn't really break into the mainstream that are really good games that you should keep an eye out for. And uh, we're going to cover a lot of that stuff over the course of the show. Absolutely. And I did want to start things off uh, with this bit of news. Speaking of NES, um, Nintendo has announced... Uh, the day we're recording this, we're recording this on a Thursday night. Today they announced that they will be releasing the NES Mini this coming November. 
And basically what it is, it's a miniature version of the NES. It's supposed to be small enough to fit in your hand. And it has 30 games on it. The bad news is like, you won't be able to put any more games on it, it seems like, because you can't put cartridges in it. But it comes with 30 games, and it comes with an NES Classic controller. And if you're an owner of a Wii or a Wii U, you can use the Classic Controller or the Classic Controller Pro uh, to plug into it. And uh, I think additional NES controllers will be uh, $10. But this uh, this system is going to be released November 11th for only $60. bucks. you are basically getting 30 games and a system for $60. And that's so awesome. I've been waiting for something like this for a long time because, you know, as of right now, you can go to any CVS or Rite Aid and buy, you know, uh, one of the Sega emulators or yeah. the Atari 52 or uh, 5200 and the 2600 emulators. And Nintendo has never released anything like this before. So I think they're going to find that there are a lot of retro gamers that are going to jump at the chance for something like this. And really the only thing that I think they missed doing this is I think it should either either be able to you know put be able to put cartridges in it and play the games that you have or be able to have some sort of a a you know a wi-fi device to built into where you could download some games to it like have a, a small hard drive on it or something like that yeah i i totally agree and just to list off a few of the games that will be available will be uh castlevania one and two donkey kong double dragon 2 the original final fantasy galaga ice climber kid icarus uh the mario brothers arcade game <laughs> uh star tropics metroid pac-man mario brothers one two and three tecmo ball which was one of my favorites and uh legend of zelda one and two it's it's definitely worth the money because the games that come on it especially the Castlevania games, all the Super Mario Brothers games, Star Tropics. I mean, you just can't, you know, you can't beat that for that price. So, I mean, this is for any retro gamer in your life or hell, any gamer in your life. This is the perfect Christmas present. And I will be buying one for myself. I will be right there with you, sir. Because I even said to myself, I'm not going to be able to wait till Christmas to get this thing. Because I'm just, I'm going to be tempted to just go to Best Buy, which is like half a block from my apartment, and just go get it. So, do you think this is going to, you know, not that, you know, the Nintendo retro market is pretty large right now. Do you think that it's going to seep into the mainstream once this comes out? Or do you think it's going to cause prices of games to drop? Um, I do think it will affect uh, mainstream a little bit. And even with you know, Nintendo, to me, is in the mainstream now with the success of Pokemon Go. Yeah. I mean, what, what's crazy is uh, at work, our uh, media relations manager actually looked up this interesting stat. Uh, Pokemon Go is close to surpassing Twitter for number of active users. Actually, I thought it already had as of today. It might have as of today, but this was like two days ago wow. when I read this. But that is just absolutely mind-blowing And it's not even worldwide yet. It, it, just, it just came out in the UK. Yeah, it, it, UK and America, and I, maybe Germany. But other than that, it's nowhere else. It's just here, and it's already taking over the Internet 
Uh, and I just wonder right now how much of a strain like on the, uh, the elect, you know, the power grid because people charging their phones, because from what I hear, that thing is a battery sucker. Yes, it is. As someone who does play it, and I enjoy it very much when it's not crashing or the servers aren't too busy, but that is something that they are working on, which is good. But um, it, it's it's just something that's so different, and I think Pokemon is like the perfect the perfect medium to do a game like this. And what's crazy is like parents are liking it because. It's getting their kids to leave their TVs, leave their computers, because you have to actually go out and find the Pokemon to catch. They don't just show up at your doorstep. Leave it to Nintendo to single-handedly solve America's obesity problem. Absolutely, and they should get all the credit for it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was thinking the other day, too, what would be a perfect tie-in for a game like this. Because you know there's going to be the copycats coming out soon, too. Um, there's the, that new Harry Potter movie coming out later this year. The, uh, fantastic beast and where to find them. Yes. That would be the perfect tie in game to have something like this. Absolutely. And it, to me, this, this could also be the catalyst to something that I think would sell a lot of NX consoles when it comes out, whenever yes. they do fully show what the NX is going to be. I guarantee you, if they announced an open world Pokemon game, that would sell consoles. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. Why is there not a Ghostbusters game like this? Absolutely. I know there was a Ghostbusters game, I think, for the 360, and it had all the original actors like come back to do their voices. I, I never played it, but from what I heard, it was actually a pretty good game for something based off a movie. But, yeah, Ghostbusters would be perfect for it. Oh, yeah, you going around catching ghosts with your phone? I'd be tempted to listen to the Ghostbusters theme like the entire time that I do it. <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome. I want to be a Ghostbuster. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, we actually had a Ghostbusters theme night at work last night, and it was amazing. Fantastic. <laughs> it was so good. Well, um, Do you want to so go good. ahead and move into our reviews for the show? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what we're going to be doing is uh, Jason and I are going to each pick a game, Jason for NES, me for Super Nintendo, and we're just going to talk about it. It's our game of the week. And I'll let you go first because I know this is a game that you have tried so many times to finally beat, and you did that recently. Yes, the first game I'm going to talk about, I am fresh off the victory bandwagon to, of de- defeating this game after 30 years. Mega Man 2. Now, this game, I rented it a lot when I was a kid. I never bought it. I always found it to be a little too hard because you got to think back in 1988 when this thing was released, you know, the the concept of defeating a boss and, you know, have getting their weapon and using that weapon against another boss that would be more vulnerable against that, you know, to that weapon was kind of unheard of at the time. So I really didn't know how to play the game until later in life. Um, but this game, let me tell you a little bit about this game. It was known in Japan as Rockman 2, Dr. Wily No Notzo. Um, it was developed in 1988. Um, and the interesting thing about this game, it was, it was made by Capcom, but the original Mega Man 
was actually a commercial flop for Capcom. And there was no plan for a Mega Man 2. But the developers wanted to actually make the second one. So they made a deal with Capcom that they could make this game, but they had to do it in their off hours. So the team that made this game, they would work, you know, their regular day jobs at Capcom working on other games. And then at night or on weekends, they would be making Mega Man 2, which was a good decision because this was a huge success for Capcom back in 19 in the late 80s because it launched a franchise. I mean, when people think of Mega Man, they think of Mega Man 2 because this was it still stands as probably one of the most perfect video games of all time. I mean, from the colors to the graphics, you know, the the bright colors, the you know, the the controls, the music and the thing about the music is it's one of those games that every level had its own theme song. So the music never got old. Not like most games where it would just be the same thing over and over. And you just got to hand it to them when they made this game because the, the music matched the aesthetic of each level so perfectly. And the controls are so tight and perfect and fluid. Uh, you know, there's not much to complain about on this game. Have you ever played Mega Man 2? Believe it or not, I have never played Mega Man 2. I've played the first one, but like I like the Mega Man game, but it was a series that I never really got into past the first one. But I do recognize, you know, the fact that it has this huge following and really had some good games in it. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I had to cheat a little bit. <laughs> to be able to finish the game. I went to the Mega Man wiki page and used the code to get two extra energy uh, tanks to, so I could defeat Dr. Wily because it's not the hardest game in the world if you play it the way I played it. And you can go to the Mega Man 2 wiki and it will give you probably the best scenario or breakdown of which boss you should do in what order so that way you could use that boss's weapon against the next boss who would be who is more vulnerable to that weapon and if you play it a certain way it's it's not easy but it's fun it makes the game immensely more fun and then once you get to the very end to Dr. Wily's castle not only do you have uh, four or five levels within the castle that you have to defeat a boss at the end of those levels. Once you get to the end at Dr. Wily, you have to defeat all the bosses all over again, one after another. And then Holy you get crap. to Dr. Wily. And that is <laughs> um, a three stage boss fight. So trying to defeat that entire ending without any extra energy tanks is damn near impossible. So I had to go online and, and find a cheat code so I could get a couple of extra energy tanks to actually be able to defeat Dr. Wily. And the whole thing about the game is it's, it seems hard at first, especially the Dr. Wily fight, but it's just one of those games that once you get the controls and you understand, you know, the patterns 
of where the the bullets are flying and everything and the missiles it's relatively easy to defeat each boss and dr wiley it's just kind of time consuming so when i finally defeated it the other night i you know i pulled out my phone real quick and i took a quick video of the final screen of mega man 2 and i wrote after 30 long years i finally beat this game and it was a glorious moment if i had been there i would have reenacted like a sports celebration and just poured <laughs> champagne <laughs> yeah it's like you're so excited in the moment and then i look around the room and i'm just like oh that's it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but still th that's awesome that you were able to finally beat it though oh yeah and and you know all the the bosses are so cool i mean the plot the plot of mega man is you are um a robot basically and you're made by um god now i can't remember the the name of the guy who made you but basically dr wiley comes along and he's got all of his robot men that he's made to defeat you so you have to go through all the different stages and and it was one of the first games too that um you could pick which level you wanted to go to first like most games you just like you know like mario brothers you just you start in the world and you go to the end of the level and then you go to the next level and the next level but this one you actually get to pick which level you want to start at and that's the whole point of defeating you know whatever boss you want to do first so that you could use his weapon against the next boss and um I forgot what my point was, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, it's definitely one of those games that, you know, it, it's a bright shining spot on the Nintendo entertainment system. And it's definitely a game that you want to have in your collection, whether, you know, you're just kind of casual collector or hardcore collector. If you come across Mega Man to definitely pick it up and put it in your collection. Uh, I actually ran into this and um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game, at a flea market a few weeks ago. Uh, I picked them both up for $5 a piece. And wow, you can't find either of these for less than probably 35, 40 bucks on eBay. So when I saw both of these, I mean, it was as right as I got to the flea market too. They had just opened um, and there was a guy there who had a bunch of tubs full of DVDs. He hadn't even put his stock out yet. And just right on top of a box of DVDs was these two cartridges just shining for me in the sunlight. And I walked over and I was, I, I just picked them both up and my hands were shaking because these are two of, these were two of the games that I've had you know, on my wish list since I pulled my Nintendo out. Um, and I asked the guy how much he wanted for him. He said $5 a piece. I didn't even haggle. I said sold. Bought them both, both in perfect condition. Uh, they needed a little bit of cleanup. And um, actually, that's probably something we should cover on this game, on this uh, podcast too, is um, how to clean uh, games properly. Um, because you can take some ratty old games and with a little bit of Brasso and some uh, rubbing alcohol, you can work wonders. And these two games I bought were, they look like they were right out of the package. So I scored big with those two games. And um, Mega Man 2 is one that I'm going to treasure and definitely show off to people when I show my collection. And that's all I have to say about Mega Man 2. 
You've actually sold me on Mega Man 2. Now I want to play it. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. It It's definitely up there as probably one of the top, I'd say, 10 best NES games of all time. I mean, it, it's definitely one of those games that if there, if you're going to be a, you know, a game programmer and you go to a, you know, college or, you know, a trade school to be a programmer for video games, I think that Mega Man 2 should be a course you have to take <laughs> because it is as close to a perfect video game as you're going to get. Definitely. Um, my, my game of the week that I'm going to review for those that know me, it won't come as a shock at all, but it's one of my favorite games. It's actually my number two favorite video game of all time. I've been a lifelong legend of Zelda fan ever since I was four years old playing the original at my aunt's house. But then I got the super Nintendo and there was a game that came out November 22nd, 1991. And this is easily the game that I have put the most replay and hours into. And I don't think it's even close. And that would be Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. This game took everything that made the Legend of Zelda game great and it made it even better. Improved graphics, uh, more weapons. It introduced uh, so many iconic things into the Zelda universe like the Master Sword, uh, the Hyrule theme, which is pretty much the Legend of Zelda theme song itself now, um, the hook shot, uh, so many weapons and things. Like I can go back to Link to the Past and I can say this was introduced, this was introduced, and things that still stand the test of time today. Oh, it's still and- my favorite Super Nintendo game. It's It's still my favorite Zelda game of all time. Yeah, it's really close between that and Ocarina of Time. And the only reason why Ocarina of Time beats it is just because there were so many moments of transferring, you know, from the 2D world to the 3D world, like walking into Hyrule Field for the first time. Mm -hmm. And looking at it now, it's not the most impressive thing. But back then, I was just in awe. I'm like, this is what Zelda is supposed to be. But with uh, with Link to the Past, it's crazy to think that a linear game could have so much replay value. But to me, that's even more impressive because you wouldn't think there would be anything left to do. But <laughs> honestly, I just like to start a new game and play the whole thing over again. Well, and something that I always do with Zelda games is that I'll go through it once and I'll just mm-hmm. go straight through the main story, fight Ganon and beat the game. And then I'll go back and do it again. And then I'll try and collect everything, like collect all the heart pieces, collect, you know, every single item, collect everything, like beat the game 100% and then fight Ganon and get that 100% completion. Mm -hmm. But it's just from the music, I think that's some of the best music in the Zelda series. I mean, all the... all the Zelda games have great music, but to me, Koji Kondo really knocked it out of the park with this. As I said, it introduced the Hyrule theme, that overworld theme, which is now the Legend of Zelda theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dark World theme, which you would think would be really menacing, but it actually, listening to it, sounds more upbeat and fun. And it's really kind of like two games in one because you go you go through Hyrule and then you get transferred to the Dark World 
and then it's like you're in a whole new video game. And it's basically like two games in one. And I'm actually uh, going through it again uh, with my uh, Throwback Thursday Let's Plays that I do, where, where I go through and I'll play a different retro game every week. Like I've I've kind of picked out three or four games that I go through, like in Link to the Past is one of them. And it just, doing that really kind of re-sparked my love of those classic games. And I can't say enough about Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. And yeah, I've beaten it multiple times, but still going through it and playing it, I feel like a kid again, playing through it for the first time. And I think that says a lot about a video game. Well, yeah, I mean, that just the graphics on that game alone are so beautiful. And just mixed with the music and the gameplay, I mean, it's, it, I just, I love that game so much. And that that's the, really the game. Like, I played Legend of Zelda on the Nintendo when I was a kid, but it was kind of hard to get. Not, not hard to get, but just kind of hard to really sink my teeth into at that age because I was so young. But I was kind of at the right age for you know, a link to the past to kind of get into that open world, still linear storyline, but a completely open world, you know, you're that the RPG elements, the, uh, you know, the puzzle solving and things like that. And I just immersed myself so much into that game when that game came out. And I can still just remember playing it for weeks and months and never got tired of it. Absolutely. And speaking of the story, it, it kind of introduced a theme that really came around uh, that went through a few different Zelda games, just with slightly different situations where you have to find three objects and then some type of big event happens mm -hmm. and then you have to complete more dungeons. But this was really kind of the game that started it. You know, you start out in Hyrule and you have to collect the three pendants so you'll be worthy of getting the Master Sword. And you're like, oh, I have this, you know, really badass sword now because it's originally you just had that little white sword that you found from your dead uncle mm -hmm. that really <laughs> didn't do anything. Yeah. And then you get the master sword and you're like, well, I can really kick some ass with this thing. And then you get the the golden one at the end and you're like, well, the master sword really didn't seem like much. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, fighting the the wizard and then going to the dark world and having to go through the seven dungeons and all of them having like a little different theme to it. And the music is the same through the light world and the dark world dungeons, but they're not really songs that get old or wear on you yeah. whenever you go through the dungeons, which I, I think is good. And I actually have most of, if not that entire soundtrack on my computer. And I've listened to, you know, orchestra remixes of the songs. I love uh, all, the orchestra all types remixes of, of, the, of the, that soundtrack. It just gives me goosebumps every time. I would love to see that Legend of Zelda symphony. Yes. Like I have I have the the CD that came with I think Skyward Sword when it came out for the Wii and it's so so good. Like Zelda has some of the best music of any video game franchise. I would put them up there with anybody. Oh, hands down. I mean, it's it's up there just the the Zelda theme is just as iconic as the Super Mario Brothers theme to me. Absolutely. And that I might some people might say this is blasphemy because of how iconic Mario is. And yes, he is the most iconic video game character of all time. 
but I was always drawn more to the Zelda games mm -hmm. than I was the Mario games. And don't get me wrong, I love Mario 64. I love the original. Uh, Mario Brothers 3 is one of my favorite video games of all time, and so is Super Mario World. But I was always drawn more to the storyline of Zelda, because Mario is pretty straightforward. You just mm -hmm. save the princess from Bowser. But as the games have developed with Zelda, you really kind of grow a connection with these characters and you learn more about, you know, the reincarnations of Link and Zelda and Ganondorf, but they all feel you grow attached to all of them really. And especially with, you know, Link to the Past when you save Zelda at the very beginning and you like grow this attachment to her and then you fail to stop the wizard from sending her to the dark world. You want to, you know, fight through whatever hell you have to get to <laughs> to to save her. It's definitely one of the most immersive worlds that can really just suck you in when you're playing those type of games. And it's the For reason sure. that I love games nowadays like Warcraft and stuff like that is because I, I think without Legend of Zelda, you wouldn't have some of the, the great RPGs that we have nowadays. Definitely. It's really, uh, it's really been a groundbreaker and you know, kind of a quick segue out of the retro world but that's also one of the reasons why i'm really excited for the new zelda breath of the wild because it's going to take elements that have been revolutionized by games like the elder scrolls and fallout these open world environments where you can really interact with everything and that is something that i've wanted from a zelda game since ocarina of time yeah, and and with even just the the puzzle solving aspects of it too. I mean, without Legend of Zelda, we wouldn't have had Tomb Raider or and you no know, and to the Uncharted games that we have now. I mean, those those puzzle solving elements were implemented, you know, in the Zelda games. Um, even down to the original Legend of Zelda. I mean, the the puzzle solving aspect was one of the things that drew you into that game. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 really a, a revolutionary game. And what's crazy is, you know, I, I know so many people that have never played a Zelda game, but they're like really big gamers. And I'm just like, you got to go back and at least try it because it, they're they're so good to me. Like, I can't imagine not ha having ever played Zelda because I've I've begotten every one since they've come out and I've played through all of them. Well, definitely both of these games, I think, are on the top of my list of any retro gamer. Um, like I said, whether you're you're casual or you're hardcore, Mega Man 2 and Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. You know, if you're if you're listening to this and you're under like 25 years old and you never got to experience the NES or the Super Nintendo Definitely go back. I mean, when the, the mini Nintendo comes out this November, go pick it up. It's, I mean, it's the price of a, a video game now, and you get 30 really good retro games on it. And just go back and, you know, kind of experience that stuff and try to imagine what it was like back then when those games came out. And they were all pretty much, pretty much everything at that time was groundbreaking. You know, it had never been done before. And it's the grandfather of everything that you have now from, you know, on the PlayStation four and the 360. I mean, everything goes back to those games.
So definitely do yourself a favor and, you know, go pick yourself up an old Super Nintendo at a, at a garage sale. You can probably get one for, you know, 50 bucks and find you some cool games to play. And I can't recommend these two games enough. I mean, Mega Man 2, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past definitely should be in anybody's collection. Definitely, definitely. If if you're getting either an NES or SNES or both, I'd recommend these as one of the first games you should try and get. Well, I think that's just going to about do it for our first episode. I think that was uh, that was pretty excellent. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I can't wait for the next one. And uh, we don't have an, a Twitter account yet. Um, we will be working on that. Um, as of the recording of this episode, we actually just made our email account. So <laughs> we'll, but hopefully by the next couple episodes, we'll have everything set up. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can find both of us. I am at, at jfunktastic. And I'm at Derek underscore Diamond. And you can find us both at NerdCave Network, nerdcavenetwork.com, where I host uh, another podcast called Pop Culture Palette. And Derek? And I host uh, two different podcasts, uh, the NerdCave Podcast, which airs on Tuesdays, and my interview show, The Derek Diamond Experience, which airs on Thursdays. So we will see you next time right here. So keep gaming and yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> keep gaming and keep collecting. Yes. You've been listening to a Nerd Cave Network production.